winds in California I hear the traffic's just insane Plastic people and paparazzi Yeah, I know all the left coast cliches Tell me, is there a bar on your corner Where you buy each other beers And solve all the world's problems Same the sunset Our last night in Cozumel Stumbled on some local wedding On the beach by our hotel No, I didn't know the language I recognized the tears People crying Wise words and a very powerful message from American country music star Brad Paisley and President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine. The song is called Same Here, Taksamo. Dobry večer, dorohi radio suhači, tabitaju vas vsih na radio predaču naš holos radio Krinskoho Korinja na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misci Vancouveri. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me on today's program. A couple of items from the Nash Holos Audio Archives that are timeless because they deal with history. Uh, you'll be finding out, I'll be reminded of Ukraine's Gutenberg, as well as a book that tells the story behind many of the 
modern John le Carré spy novels. So stay tuned for all of that as well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, Kozak Sidomaha with Voroha Pobodimo, We Will Defeat the Enemy. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Нам не зашкодить чарка вина, будьмо здорові, пимо до дна, будьмо здорові, пимо до дна, нам не зашкодить чарочка вина, будьмо здорові, пимо до дна, нам не зашкодить чарочка вина. Dum 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 
Чарка вина, будьмо здорові, пимо до дна, будьмо здорові, пимо до дна, Гей! нам не зашкодить чарочка вина, будьмо здорові, пимо до дна, Гей! нам не зашкодить чарочка вина, нам не зашкодить чарка вина, будьмо здорові, пимо до дна. And keeping with the wedding theme, that was Pikardiska Tertia from Ukraine with Vesilny Marsh, the wedding march. Up next, bringing it back to Canada again, we have High Profile from Winnipeg and a traditional Ukrainian folk song that's eh, not really quite on a wedding theme, but it could be. It's a story about a young man who has a very serious choice to make, a beautiful young girl and probably marriage, or a bowl of cottage cheese pierogies. Serum Perohea.
Sakhir Kosovaka, Vityashki, Vorohe, Izmitsu, Vitycheno, Vitajte, Perohe. Chula chula chula, chula chula te, izdiba jadim čeno, što nesto perohe. Chula chula chula, chula chula te, što ja tebe dofaju, izdiba perohe. Chula chula chula, chula chula te, to zrazu zaprosila, nas viši perohe. Chula chula chula, chula chula te, yuchaya hozeluya, avingis perohe. Said Pavlovsky, and this is Cultural Capsule, especially for Nash Holos. There are so many things that we take for granted today. This is even stronger as a younger generation has become extremely digitized. There are even actual debates about dropping cursive writing as a basic skill in schools. For centuries, both in the West and Slavic worlds, so much of what we know of the past was passed down to us by way of the written word. Then, in the mid-1400s, along came a fellow with quite a long name, who most of us know by the name of Johannes Gutenberg, who changed all that. The innovative technology of movable type eventually made its way to the Slavic world, and is attributed to a man who studied at the Yegolian University in Krakow and received his baccalaureate in 1532. Prior to arriving in Lviv in 1572, he had been in the city of Zabludov, which is now contemporary northeastern Poland. Yet what had brought him to that place, and why was he at this point in Viv? Some say that the new technology he introduced while in Moscow may have been a threat to the business interests of the Moscovite aristocrats. When his print shop was set ablaze, he and his business partner fled to Zabludov. There, under the patronage of Grand Hetman of Lithuanian, Rehori Khodkevich, he worked as a book printer, while in Zabludov, he changed his name from Johannes Theodori Moskus to Ivan Fedorovich. Upon the death of his benefactor in 1572, he traveled to Lviv. Two years later, he printed the first apostle at the St. Onufrius Monastery, located at what is now 36 Bogdana Khmelnytsky Street in current-day Lviv. In the afterword of this publication, he wrote about his printing experiences in Moscow. In May of 1574, Fedorovich was hired by Kniaz Ostrovsky to relocate to Ostiv, where he would undertake the printing of Ukraine's first complete Bible. Though due to the long editorial processes, the first copy of what became known as the Ostrovska Biblia, or the Ostiv Bible, only came off of Fedorovich's press on August 12, 1581. It comprised of 682 sheets of paper, or 1,256 pages. Fedorovich sold a couple hundred copies of the Bible in Lviv, and after a falling out with his employer in 1582, he returned to Lviv. During the last two years of his life, he traveled, visiting Krakow and Vienna. He died on December 15, 1583, and is buried at the St. Onufrius Monastery. I'm Vasil Pavlovsky, and this week's cultural capsule featured Ivan Fedorovich, Ukraine's Gutenberg. Zahvatila, 
from Edmonton, that was Kalabai from their CD Kolomika Casualties and Kolomlena Krimanena near the Flint. Coming up next from Nashville, Tennessee, Sonia with Dehore Karpate in the Carpathian Mountains.
слухайте радиопрограму Наш Голос Радио Кринського Коріння. При мікрофоні Павлина. You're listening to Наш Голос Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Павлина. Ми йдемо вперед, над нами вітер віє і рідні нам вклоняються жита від радості, а серце мліє. Завалю смерть нам не страшна, від радості, а серце мліє. Завалю смерть нам не страшна. На сцені зведений духовий оркестр Збройних сил України. Головний військовий диригент, народний артист України Володимир Дашковський. Соліст, автор пісні «Браття українці», лідер гурту «Шабля» Вова Гейзер. Любі мої діти, мила мамо й тату, я йду на війноньку нашу землю захищати. Не плачте за мною, якщо в полі згину. Це вітав за любоненьку нашу Україну. Єднаємося, браття, цю лиху годину. Нехай ворог знає, ми за Україну Богу душу нашу віддамо єдину За нашу землю священну Україну Богу душу нашу віддамо єдину За нашу землю священну Україну performance of the anthem of the defense of Ukraine, known as Brat Ukrainci by Volva Hezer and the group Shabla. And that performance was by 
him, of course, joined by the orchestras of the law enforcement agencies of the armed forces of Ukraine. Up next, another song on that same theme, Ala Puhachova with Vina, War. Война слово женского рода, а идут на войну мужики, и смерть тоже бабья порода, но венчаться с ней не с руки, но свинцовым кольцом обручила, по хозяйски землей прибрала, и рано кровью точила, мужские тела добила. И ты помни, помни, помни. Поймем напавших солдат Ведь мы знали, знали, знали Многих из этих ребят И ты мог бы, мог бы, мог бы Оказаться на месте его Если бы он не ушел тебя защищать Не жалея себя самого В душе пуля дура остыла То место прикроет медаль Бабье завыла, спугнув птицы боли печаль, по женски судьба изменила мужчинам, отцам и унцам. Война, что же ты натворила, любовница ты без лица. И ты помни, 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 поймем напавших солдат, ведь мы знали, знали, знали многих из этих ребят. И ты мог бы, мог бы, мог бы Оказаться на месте его Если бы он не ушел тебя защищать Не жалея себя самого Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik. Stories about Ukraine and Ukrainians in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Serhii Plokhi's non-fiction thriller, The Man with the Poison Gun, a Cold War spy story. The Man with the Poison Gun, Serhii Plokhi's first non-fiction thriller, focuses on the life of Bogdan Stashinsky, the assassin who killed Stepan Bandera and Lev Rebet. The very first paragraph sets up a shocking comparison between fiction and real life. In the fall of 1961, while David Cornwell, a British spy more commonly known as Jean Le Carré, was contemplating the writing of his first best-selling novel, the spy who came in from the cold. The West German police 
were actually interrogating a Soviet spy. That spy was Bohdan Stashinsky. His story begins in 1949, in post-war Ukraine, when Nikita Khrushchev, then the party boss of Ukraine, decided that he needed to destroy the Ukrainian resistance by killing the leader of the Organization of Ukrainian Nationalists, Oun Stepan Bandera. Bandera had spent years in Polish prisons and the German concentration camp of Schassenhausen. His followers were now headquartered in Munich, the center of the American occupation zone in Germany. In early 1950, Bogdan Staszynski was arrested by the Soviets for a minor offense and given an ultimatum. Cooperate with the Soviets and become a traitor to Ukraine or face prison time and possible death along with his entire family. Bogdan chose to become an agent of the Soviets. Staszynski returned from Lviv to his native village and told his relatives that the secret police were hot on his heels. Everyone agreed that under the circumstances he had no choice but to flee to the forest and join the guerrillas. His initial task involved betraying members of the Ukrainian underground, which led to arrests and assassinations. When Stashinsky's family found out the truth about what he had done, Stashinsky had nowhere to go. He had saved his family by betraying it. They did not want to have him around anymore. The secret police would become his new home and family. As an agent of the Soviet secret police, Bogdan would be trained in spycraft and assassination techniques. His weapon was a poison gun, which would immediately kill his target with undetectable poisonous fumes. His initial target in Munich was Lev Rebet, a troublesome Ukrainian journalist. The KGB described Rebet as an intellectual leader of the Ukrainian nationalists who wrote articles inciting Ukrainians to fight against the Soviet occupiers. Stashinsky killed Rebet on October 12, 1957. After his initial success, he was given a more important target, the leader of Oun, Stepan Bandera. Bandera's assassination was more complex because of his bodyguard, and it involved following the Ukrainian leader for weeks on end. However, Stashinsky eventually saw his opportunity when Bandera was alone after a shopping trip and murdered him on October the 15th 1959, in the stairwell of his home. At first, authorities were mystified by Bandera's death, calling it a stroke or a possible suicide. The poison that killed Bandera left no trace, so it was not until Stashinsky defected to West Germany that he revealed how Bandera died. In order to stay in the West, Stashinsky had to convince German authorities that the KGB wanted to kill him because of what he knew about the Soviet assassination plots. He was eventually tried for the murders of Rabat and Bandera, and his trial opened up the truth to the world for the very first time. The Man with the Poison Gun is a very interesting book about post-war Soviet and European politics. Khrushchev's role in the deaths of Rabat and Bandera was shocking to the world community at the time. Today, the attempted assassination of Ukraine's President Viktor Yushchenko and the successful assassinations of journalist Alexander Litvinenko in London, Sergei Magnitsky in a Russian prison, and Boris Nemtsov on a bridge in Moscow are brutal reminders that the strategies of the post-war KGB are still alive and well in Russia. Plotky was able to write his book because of the information he gathered from Stashinsky's trial testimony, as well as recently released historical documents such as KGB and CIA archives. 
His extensive notes will be very useful to anyone wanting to know more about post-war Ukrainian resistance. Plotky is a historian, not a writer of spy thrillers like John le Carré or Ian Fleming, and he has difficulty describing Sashinsky's moral qualms about killing his victims. He tells readers that in his early days as a Soviet agent, Bogdan was confused since he had been raised as a Christian. The idea of killing another human being was difficult for him to contemplate. However, Bogdan did proceed to kill both Rebet and Bandera, regardless of his confusion. Despite these issues, Plotky's book is an interesting and revealing expose of Stashinsky's life as a Soviet agent and his role in the murders of Rebet and Bandera. Readers will be surprised to learn that Ian Fleming actually modeled part of his novel, The Man with the Golden Gun, on the actions of Bogdan Stashinsky. Although The Man with the Poison Gun is Serhii Plotky's first nonfiction thriller, he has written extensively on the history of Ukraine and Eastern Europe. His most recent works include The Gates of Europe, A History of Ukraine, The Last Empire, The Final Days of the Soviet Union, and The Cossack Myth, History and Nationhood in the Age of Empires. Plucky was born in Russia to Ukrainian parents, but grew up and went to school in Ukraine. He received his Ph.D. in history from Kiev University. He was a professor of history and associate director of the Peter Yatsik Center for Ukrainian Historical Research at the University of Alberta. He is currently the Mikhail Khrushchevsky Professor of Ukrainian History at Harvard University. The Man with the Poison Gun is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thank you, Myra, for another thorough and thoughtful review. Join us again soon for another Kanishka Corner Book Review with Myra Junik here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In the meantime, if you'd like to listen again to this or Myra's previous reviews or read the transcript, you can find them archived at our website, www.nasholos.com.
was Sluhai with Oi Upoli Kalena. In the field, there is a cranberry bush. And before them, you heard Vassel Hontarski with Chorinahora Black Mountain. Up next, Rojanetsia, a girl group from Ukraine with a Canadian connection. And here they are with Kalena Malena, Cranberry Raspberry. <laughs> Калина малина, чого ж ти не цвітеш? Чого ж ти козачі до мене не йдеш? Раз, два, хітарі, та раз, та два. Чого ж ти козачі до мене не йдеш? Раз, два, хітарі, та раз, та два. Чого ж ти козачі до мене не йдеш? Чого ж ти до мене очора не прийшов? Зайшов на крилечко, так дощик пішов. Vyslouchejte rádio programu Náš holos, rádio našeho Korinia na bohatomovní radiostanci AM 1320 CHMB v místě Vancouveri. 
Нижаме вже скінчила нашу програму, всі час відомо і сказати до побачення. Але перед тим я хочу залишити вас такими словами мудрості. Дай Боже, щоб наша теля з'їла вовка. And our proverb of the week translates as God grant that our calf eats the wolf. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. If you miss our on-air or live stream broadcast, the podcast link is available at our website, www.nashholos.com. Well, our time is up, so to take us to the end of our program, from Winnipeg, Prairie Crocus and the Liberty Two-Step. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich! One, two, three, four! Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.